1: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode's going to be Frontier Gentlemen. Original air date is September 14th, 1958, and the title is A Horse for Kindle. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy.
2: In Deadwood, I learned that a man will risk anything on what he considers to be a good gamble. (laughs)
0: Dear Gentlemen, here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, He lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you this latest report from The Frontier Gentleman. Nobody's a stick in the mud where CBS News is concerned. On features like The World Tonight, listeners go right along to wherever the news is happening. Hear eyewitness reports from CBS News overseas correspondents. Enjoy lively interviews with the very people who are making the news night after night. As most of the same CBS radio stations present The World Tonight. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman.
2: I have found that a horse is an indispensable method of transportation. It is true that a great deal of my traveling has been accomplished through the use of riverboat, train, and stagecoach. But these conveyances traverse only a minute portion of the tremendous area which makes up the states and territories of the American West. Therefore, in order that I might not be so completely dependent upon the relative convenience of public transport, I decided to purchase an animal... I learned that there were only two horse dealers of any consequence in Deadwood. My informant was a gentleman named Squatty Reynolds. We had recently met over a beer on Dolan's Good Luck Saloon. He put it this way. Now, uh, I reckon you want a real
3: Sunday horse, Kendall, not one of them cutback flea-bitten whistlers. Uh, Definitely a Sunday horse. Well, like I say, there's two horse traders in this here town. One's Fitch Tallman, the other, Woe Simmons. They've both got plenty of critters they'll sell you. Of course, I ain't saying one got better than t'other, but if it was me, I'd go down to Wohar. Simmons? Yeah. He ain't likely to thieve you blind as Fitch Tallman would. You ain't a tenderfoot and all.
2: Oh, that's nice to know.
3: Ain't nothing. Where would I be likely to find Mr. Simmons? It ain't but a shorter straddle down the road. Yeah, I ain't got nothing better to do. I'll amble on over with you. Might be I can help you find yourself a toppy. Oh,
2: I'd be most grateful to you.
3: Want
4: to buy yourself a horse, mister? That's right. Well, you've come to the right place. That's what I told him, O. Well, ain't told but the truth, squaddy. In fact, uh, what kind of animal you reckon will fit?
2: Well, there's a decent-looking horse.
4: Like your own? Hmm. Oh, no, 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 not less than you plan to do some day herding. He's a churn head. Kind of bow windy, too. No, 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 not him. Now, I got me a real sweet little dun over here. He ain't sizable. Not much over fourteen two hand, but he's a long horse if that's what you're wanting. Long? And he'll go, mister, and he'll keep going till you say stop. And you gotta say
3: it good and loud. Yeah, that's a new one, ain't he, Woohaw? Don't recollect seeing him around.
4: Yeah, coming yesterday. Fella sold him cheap to pay poker loss. That, mister, is a lot of horse.
2: Hmm. They're rather broad in the beam, wouldn't you say?
4: You mean the big bottom? Oh, sure. That's the nature of him. You take my word, mister, that's one long horse. I had him out this morning. He got a fast walk and an easy lope. He'll get you where you're going. Won't give out like a lot of these fancy putting-foots Tallman try to sell you.
3: Uh, how much, war?
4: You talking for the man here or
2: for yourself, Squatty?
3: Maybe I got a hanker.
2: Fifty dollars. Uh, well, I'm afraid that's a little high for me. Huh. What's your offer?
3: I wouldn't give you twenty. I'll tell you straight, war. I ain't asking you, Squatty. Listen, mister, maybe you'd better go on over and have a look-see at what Fitch Tallman's got.
4: Now, you shut your mouth, squad or I'll stomp your head in. trouble is, you don't know a good piece of horse, a Mahog. This here critter's worth better than 50.
3: And how come if and he's so good you want to sell him? I'm in the horse trade business. Not no hotel
4: for Bronx, that's how come. <clears throat> now, mister, i tell you what. You give me $40 for this here horse, and if you ain't satisfied after a week, you bring him back and get your money back. Well,
3: well uh, he's come in looking for a horse, and I tell you he's the best of gut. got. Oh, whoa, whoa. you sure do want to get rid of him. What's the matter? You got a case of worms? Mister, you don't want no Cayuse dropping
2: dead under you. I'm a warning you, Squatty. Gentlemen, if you'd give me a minute or two to make up my own mind, I'd appreciate it. Sure you would. You just do that. Easy, easy, boy. A uh,
4: man's a fool to sell a fine animal of life for $40.
3: Man's
2: a bigger fool to buy it. All right, $40, on condition of the week's trial.
4: You got
3: a deal, mister. Put it there. I sure do hate to see a greener get cheated. You say I cheated him, Squatty? Well, you ain't going to lose money on the deal, that's for sure. 35 Mr. Simmons. You keep
4: a hold on that money, mister. Ain't nobody going to say that Woe
3: him Simmons cheated a man in the hostage.
4: I'm
2: not saying it. He is, which settles the question, since I'm satisfied with that agreement. I apologize to you, mister.
3: I surely do. <laughs> no need to should have gone to Fitch Tallman.
5: Fitch Tallman, that low-down
6: no-good. Yeah,
5: I heard you talking about my pappy, Wohaw. You better bite down on the tongue of yours, and me and Papa rip
4: it out on I'm a middling old man, Bill Tallman, but I ain't so old that I can't take care of you and your paw, too. Now, you get
2: out. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I'll take my horse and be going. You
5: bought a horse for Miss Old Scissor Bill?
4: You bought that horse? Yes, I bought it. Yes, and you ain't seen the day that a horse like this was in your stable, Tallman. Oh, you're darn right, Wohaw, unless we're going to use it for bear hunting bait. Oh, yeah? You uh, want to make a little bet, you fellers? What kind of a bet? That there Dun's got more guts and gold than anything in Deadwood. You loco, Waha.
5: That ain't no bet. That's an old man with a saddle slipping.
4: <laughs> You're afraid to bet, sure. Uh, no, you Coleman's just... a lot of windy gab, sure. hold on,
5: Waha. You saying this hunk crow bait, what this here poor fellow just bought off of you, is a better horse than any horse in Deadwood? Any horse? That's what I'm a saying. And you want to put money on it? That's what a bet's for, ain't it?
4: Nah, just you want a bet
5: against Lobo? Oh,
4: if he's going to do that, I'd like a piece of that bet myself. I it any horse in Deadwood. How much? Don't matter to me. Big
5: or as little as you want. All right. You stay right there, Woahaw. I'm going to get Pap. I'll be right back. Oh.
3: Now, nah, just one moment. No, no, you banded no, 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 no. one herd of sheep too many. Well, even that frog-walking bronc of mine can beat the tar out of this puny critter. I said any horse, buddy.
2: Uh, you are going to race my horse?
3: That's what I'm aiming to do. Well, you got yourself another bet, whoa. Huh? I sure hope you got enough money, because you're going to be betting against everybody in Deadwood. I'm going out to raise me a stake. Ain't no backing out now. And you're a witness, Kendall. So long. Mm-hmm.
0: The voice is familiar, but can you remember the name? That's the problem confronting our star-studded panel of experts each Sunday as most of these same stations present Says Who. Says Who is CBS Radio's fast-moving guessing game with Henry Morgan as host. Add the rapid-fire FRT of Morgan and his panel to the excitement of guessing the identity of the mystery voice, and you've got at least two barrels of fun rolling tonight and every Sunday night on CBS Radio's Says Who.
2: In Wohar Simmons' saddle room, I began to understand why the old man had been goaded into making his bet. At that point, neither of us had any idea of the magnitude of what he had done. He went into great detail concerning the rivalry between his stable and that of Fitch Tormann, the fact that Torman, without a doubt, possessed the fastest horse in the area. I was sympathetic, but I said, I don't exactly blame you, but I can't see the point in even holding the race.
4: Well, if one thing can make it easier for you, Kendall, Shout me back the animal. And you'll race him yourself? Yeah, I figure. But you know he can't win. I never said that. But you did. T- for sure he can't win no short horse race. He ain't that kind. But nobody said nothing about a short race. Now listen, Kendall. I've been around horses since I can remember. That animal of yours, he's hard like rocks. The cowhand that sold him to me, he told me that that horse can go 30 miles in a day and never be winded. There's that kind of racing, too. That's what I got in mind. 30 miles? Nearer 300. Dead wood to Cheyenne. Go on. That little done. He he won't be fast. But I reckon he can walk the legs off of anything that tries to go against him.
2: You really think he's that good?
4: Huh? Well, I open my mouth wide enough he'd better be. It'll cost me all I got if he ain't.
2: I suppose they won't agree to a race at that distance.
4: Oh, I ain't worried about that. It's what happens if I lose. It's got me scared. Why not make a small bet? You can afford that, can't you? Ain't you got ears, Kendall? I told Bill Tallman I'd bet little or big. Didn't make no difference. Old man Tallman hears that, he's going to make it big. He's been looking for a way to put me out of business for a long time. And this would do it. How long would it
2: take from here to Cheyenne?
4: Well, a man knows the right road. Shortcuts and four or five days.
2: And 60-odd miles a day. That's hard riding. Could a horse stand it?
4: Well, if he's ridden right, takes it easy. Figure five miles an hour, 12 hours a day. Plenty of rest in between, and he can make it. Got to go slow, though.
2: All right, we'll do it.
4: You want her at him?
2: <laughs> Why not? He is my horse.
6: Oh, where are you?
4: We win, Kendall. I'll split winnings with you. A deal?
2: A deal.
6: Ain't no use hiding, you old son of a horse thief.
4: Who you call a horse thief, you sheep-killing dog? I ain't no one calls a tallman that. Let's hang up his
6: hide, Pap. When we get through with him, he won't have no hide left to hang up. He's going to lose it betting. Ah, this time that leaky mouth of yours has got you right where I want you, old horse Simmons. How much you betting on this here race? You name it. Your stable again mine, and every critter to go with it. Thousand dollars to the winner. I want some of them
3: winnings, Fitch. That all right with you if Squatty Reynolds enters his horse? Mm, don't matter to me none. I'll bet five hundred. Five. Five for me too. Who are you? Uncle Tom Tallman is a cousin. I got me a sorrel can whoop any horse in these parts. Not Lobo, we
6: can't. I'm willing to make side bet with you, Uncle Fitch. Now nah, ain't no side bets in this here race. You bet again, Woolworth. Not your own kin. Uh, just a moment. What about the rules of the race? Oh, you the poor mail-order cowboy bought that buzzard bait?
2: Yeah, that's right. (laughs)
6: Ain't nothing worse than stringing a greener, but I guess you all got to learn someday. You set the rules, mister. Make no difference to us.
2: Good. The race starts here in Deadwood. Ends in Cheyenne.
4: Oh, man, that's a heap of racing. Now, today's Thursday. We got two days to get ready. The race will start Saturday morning, 6 o'clock. Got to be in Cheyenne no later than next Thursday. Uh,
2: Make that Wednesday midnight.
4: Fair enough. Wednesday
5: midnight. Four days, nine, ten, eleven, twelve.
2: Four
4: days, eighteen hours. Anybody comes in after that loses. Well, suppose we all come in after that. Then all bets are off. Nobody wins.
6: Now, ain't no horse can make a run like that without proper feed and the like. Every rider can have somebody along to help.
4: Helper drives a buckboard carrying feed, bedding, and chuck.
6: A man can take any route he
4: pleases between here and Cheyenne? Any he wants. Finish line's at the railroad depot.
6: You gotta get somebody to ride ahead to Cheyenne to be there at the finish. Then tell the mayor he'll go. Ah. Who's riding your nag, Woha? I am. Kendall is the name. Well, now, which you figure's gonna drop dead first, the dude or his horse? <laughs> Might as well pay up right now, Woho. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: hey... Who's riding your horse, Tomlin?
6: My son is who? That's right, Pap. I'll go along with the buckboard. Uncle Fitch, you reckon you can find me a helper? Oh, well, sure, Honker. We'll fix you up.
3: Well, boys, I'm going out and make me a couple of side bets. This ought to be the easiest money I ever did make. You're yeah, absolutely
6: yeah. right, boy. <laughs>
0: This runner in town can't hope to keep up with the Mitch Miller Show because every Sunday night, when it comes your way on most of these same stations, the Mitch Miller Show covers that part of the entertainment world that stretches from the bright lights of Broadway to the Klieg lights of Hollywood. For another all-out, all-star variety edition of the Mitch Miller Show tonight, join us right here at the Star's Address when Mitch puts out the welcome ad again. <laughs>
2: Friday midnight, almost $80,000 had been bet in Deadwood on the outcome of the race. Gamblers were getting short odds on Fitch Tolman's horse, Lobo. Slightly longer on Squatty Reynolds' Blue Nose. Six to one on cousin Tom Tolman's sorrel Jimmy Go, and... well, the odds on my horse were astronomical. An hour before the start of the race, Wohaw Simmons went over our plans. The little Dun Horse stood quietly by my side.
4: Now, remember, rain or shine, these mules of mine pulling the buckboard, they're going to do a steady five miles every hour. Don't you fret if it takes a little while to come up with me. I want time to scout ahead. There's been some rain south a ways, and maybe I can find better trails for you to ride. Good. Now, remember, don't matter what the elders do, keep him at a walk. Oh, once in a while, let him lope, but easy. Say, ain't you got a name for the animal?
2: As a matter of fact, No. What did his last owner call him?
4: <laughs> Dog, if I know.
2: Well, I had a horse once in India. His name was Kyber. How would that do?
4: Well, don't mean much, but it's your horse. Now, I figure you'll race until about noon. That ought to put you still a few miles this side of Wyoming territory. I'll set up camp on the road. Take an hour to rest up, rub down the horse, give him some good feed, and get some grub for your horse.
2: It seemed as though the entire town of Deadwood was at the starting line to see us off. Then came the starting gun, and the race was begun. The Torman's Bill and Honker Tom were off in a great swirl of dust. Squatty Reynolds took off at an easier pace, but was soon out of my sight. According to our plan, I walked Tiber for the first three or four miles, then let him go into an easy lope. I stopped a few times, once to adjust the cinch and again to remove a pebble which had lodged in the pony's shoe, luckily causing no damage. A few minutes before noon, I saw Wohaw Simmons with his buckboard drawn up at the side of the road. How's he coming? Oh, fine. <clears throat> You've got a horse. Yeah, <laughs> that's
4: what I told you. All right, let's get that saddle off him. All right. Yeah, hold still, boy, now. Hold oh, still, don't you? Any sign of the others? Well, Waddy Reynolds went through about half hour back. Others well, got a pretty good start, but that don't mean nothing. They ain't going to do better than 60 miles today. Not without killing the
2: horses, ain't. Where do you plan to camp tonight?
4: Well, it kind of depends on how the enemy will hold up. I think we ought to make Jenny's stockade uh, well, good enough for the first day. How far is that? Well, you've done about 24, 25 miles since the start. Reckon some 30 in a bit to go. When did he take his last water?
2: Oh, there's a creek a mile or two further back.
4: Well, uh, you didn't give him too much. Oh no, no. Uh, that's good. All right, I'll get his oats off on the board. You better get the blanket over him. Won't want him catching cold.
2: An hour and a half later, I was once more on my way. At one point in the late afternoon, I passed Squatty Reynolds at the Canyon Springs station we were traveling on the main route of the Cheyenne and Black Hill stage line. However, an hour later, he overtook me at the gallop. That night, Wohaw and I camped at Jenny's stockade. Our first day's journey done, nearly 60 miles from Deadwood. I
4: tell you, Kendall, we got to keep our eyes skinned, and that's for a fact. Them other boys ain't more than two or three miles ahead from where I last seen them. Now, they start figuring you for a winner, they won't let it go easy. What do you mean? Well, I mean, there's a lot of money bet on this race, aside from what Fitch Talman and me has a personal bet. Tallman's got a big piece coming if he wins. He aims to win. No telling what he'll try to keep us from winning. I see. And I'm just telling you, keep your eyes skinned. You better get some shut-eye now, and I'll watch. I want to get a start before dawn.
2: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. Although I had maintained Khyber's steady, slow pace, there was no more than five miles separating the four of us. We had ridden over 200 miles now, and to this point my horse had shown little effect. On the other hand, I had once again passed Squatty Reynolds on his big roan, Blue Nose. He seemed to be limping quite badly. I had not yet caught up with Wohar's buckboard and the evening camp which we had planned for Chugwater. I stopped to cross a stream and from the gathering shadows I saw two horsemen approach. I made out the sorrow Jimmy Go and Billy Tolman's jet black Lobo. How's it going, Kendall? Very well, thank you. And with you.
5: All right. Uncle Tom and me, uh, we figured you was close behind. We waited for you. Yeah, we surely did. We wanted to have talk with you before you made camp with old Woolhaw. Oh, ride
2: right along with me. We can count together.
5: So what we got to say ain't for Woolhaw's ears, see? No. Well, you don't need to bother about the old man. My Pap, he'll make it worthwhile if you take it real easy. And don't try no more to win this here race. Of course, you ain't going to know how, because that Lobo Bills, he's got enough left to run that critter of yours clean under the ground. So, there's no sense you trying, is it? We figured it'd be worth $500 if you quit about now. Yeah,
2: very generous of you, gentlemen, but I must decline your offer. i stand to earn quite a bit more by winning.
5: But you ain't got a chance.
2: Yeah, well, we'll just have to try. That's all.
5: Now, you wouldn't want no accident to happen to that runty nag of yours, would you?
2: I most certainly wouldn't.
5: Well, I sure hope it does. Come on, honker. Sure hope that horse don't break
2: its leg or nothing. The next morning, we managed to steal a march on the Tallins, passing them as they were breaking camp. Woho rode along with me for a way in the buckboard.
4: This is the big one today, Kendall. Don't change the pace. Don't rush him. I won't. It's Lobo you got to watch. He's always got something left in the short range, and I'm figuring he'll have it for this one.
2: What about Jimmy Go and Bruno?
4: Oh, Squatty through. Jimmy Go won't last. It's that Lobo I'm worried about. You've got to save everything for that last mile. I'm going on ahead. Just keep your eyeballs, oiled for funny stuff.
2: Right. We kept plodding on. An hour later, Bill Torman rode up. He was alone and threw me an angry glance as he passed. I thought his horse was beginning to tire, and so I increased Kyber's pace to a trot. The miles rolled under us. We rested, went on, rested again, and now it was evening. I began to see riders on the road. Some had come out from Cheyenne to bring us in. One called out to me,
5: That other fellow's not more than a mile ahead. Think like yelling. Ain't in good shape. You go get it, boy.
2: At eleven o'clock I caught up with Wohaw again. He was riding at six miles, waving at me frantically.
4: Cheyenne's right ahead. Three miles to the depot. Where's Tolman? Last I seen, maybe half a mile or less. Fitch is with him. Watch out for dirty business when they try to pass. But wait. Wait until the last quarter before you do it. Just keep pushing him. Get him in the last quarter.
2: Right. We were at the outskirts of Cheyenne proper when we caught up to Logo. Fitch Tolman was driving his buckboard. Looked over his shoulder, saw me, and shouted to his son,
6: Get to boy!
2: I saw the black horse stuff pull away, and in another moment had myself overtaken the buckboard. I became aware of dozens, then hundreds of people lining the streets. I began to gain on cold slightly at first, then faster, and faster. The depot came into sight, and for the first time I ducked the spurs into little buckskin. Behind me I can hear the thunder of the two buckboards, the shouts of encouragement, then in here. Great blaze of lights, and we pull ahead. A length, and two, and three, five. I heard that almost $100,000 changed hands after that race. Woha Simmons collected his winnings from Fitch Tolman and is now the sole owner of Simmons Livery and Stables in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. I was content to accept my share in cash, which amounted to a very handsome $2,000, a sum which brought me both luck and some misfortune, of which I shall write more in my next report to the London Times.
0: Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, Jack Moyles, William Allen, Will Wright, and Vic Perrin. Join us again next week for another report from The Frontier Gentleman. Bud Sewell speaking.